Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. Buckle up, because this is kind of a long one, but I apparently just have a lot to say on this topic. Who am I kidding? I have a lot to say on every topic, but this one just kept going. Sorry about that. Hopefully it is helpful, though. Okay, guys, we are almost done with my year planning strategy, and I really do use these steps personally. This is how I plan my year and how I stay organized and prepared as a troop leader, so that's why I'm sharing it with you in case it helps someone else. Today, we're going to talk about budgets, and honestly, we're almost done my whole strategy. This is kind of the end. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about like communication with parents and how we do that in my troop. But really, at this point, if you've been listening to all these episodes so far, then if you were to follow the steps then by this step, you would already have a year plan in place. Like, all the meetings, all the events, completely planned. And I think most people would probably be inclined to stop there, but I just think managing the money aspect is so super critical, so I just think it's really important. By the same token, this is important even if you don't plan your year in advance or whatever. We really need to take a closer look at how we manage troop finances and we need to talk about financial literacy. So financial literacy, let's start there. That is a huge cornerstone of Girl Scout programming. And let's take a second to talk a little bit about why. And I'm sure I'll do more episodes a little bit like this about financial literacy, but more for how to work with girls with financial literacy, whereas today's episode is going to be more about how we as troop leaders need to be implementing our own financial literacy and ways we can do better at that. But yeah, today we're going to mainly talk um, about writing a troop budget and then how we can be super prepared to make those beastly end of year financials way easier and much less stressful. And that's exactly what I want to lead off with. Who out there feels stressed about the idea of end of year financials? If you're a new troop leader, you might not have even done this before. So did you even know you have end of year financial reports to do? I want to take a moment to allow you to kind of gauge your own financial literacy here. Now, obviously, this podcast is not really about managing your own personal budget, But your financial literacy is a critical piece of how you run your troop and how confident you may or not be, may or may not be, (laughs) leading girls through their own financial literacy journey. So that's why I just think it's important to start here. Do you personally think of yourself as financially literate? Do you think you are effective at managing money? Would you describe yourself as a responsible spender? Do you know how much you spend on gas and groceries each month? Do you know how much you spend in regularly recurring expenses each month? Do you know how much you and your family are bringing in in income? That could be either monthly or even over the course of a whole year. Do you know? Do you have a budget or some sort of organized strategy around managing your income and expenses in your household? And do you personally manage that or does someone else? If you're not the one who's primarily responsible for managing it, do you know how it works? (laughs) And if you are the primary person responsible for managing your household budget or financial strategy, How do you work with the other spenders in your household in order to maintain structure and order? If you're not the primary person responsible for managing the budget or financial strategy at home, how do you work with the person who is primarily responsible for that when you're the one spending? Does thinking about all of this bring you anxiety? Are you tempted to already turn off this podcast hopefully nobody already did. I'll stop asking too much about your personal finances because honestly, that really is not what this is about. It's just a good time to kind of get your own understanding about where you're coming from, where you're at in this whole financial literacy thing, and how you do or don't manage your troop finances. 
So now here's some questions about your troop financial management. Do you know how many cookies you sold as a troop last year? This year? How do those numbers compare? Do you know how much actual money you made from cookies last year? This year? How do those numbers compare? And even if you don't know an exact number, an estimate counts, that's totally fine. Um, you know, you don't need to know down to the exact package, but if you know about how much or the exact dollar, if you know about how much, that totally counts. Also, if you don't know the amount at all, not even an estimate, do you have a place to go to look that up, to find out that information? Like, if this was a test right now and you had to find out that number or an estimate, how would you figure out what that number is? Here's another one. How much did you spend on badges and patches this year? How much do you usually spend on badges and patches in a year? Is this year about the same as usual, you know, pretty consistent? Or did you spend higher or lower on badges and patches? And if it is different this year compared to usual, why is that? How much do you typically spend on meeting supplies? This could be either total for a year or like an average per meeting. How much do you typically spend on trips or events or activities? How much did you spend on trips and events and activities this past year? And how does that compare to what you spent on trips and events and activities last year? For me, for example, with that, the first year we were a troop, we really didn't have a lot of funds to work with. We did mostly all free activities and events and whatever outside of the meeting place. Now, as our troop has gotten more adventurous and we've taken some bigger trips and day trips and things like that, and we have a little bit of a budget to work with, we don't have a big one, but we do have a, a little one, we've done things with a nominal fee, but we're pretty picky about spending a large dollar amount on a field trip or an event. We often don't participate in our council events because we just don't want to pay out of pocket as much as it would require to go when there's so much we can do at no cost or at very low cost per girl. Um, but with that being said, they want to do more and more things, you know, they want to keep growing and we want the troop to keep growing with them. So that money's got to come from somewhere if we're going to start paying for more of those kind of trips. Okay, here's another one. I really wish that I could know what your guys' reactions were to these questions, the troop questions. The personal ones are personal, but the troop questions. Okay. How much money is in your troop bank account right now? At this very moment, do you know? Do you at least have a rough idea? Once again, if you don't know off the top of your head, do you at least have a way to confidently go look that up to go find that number, to find that amount? I'm curious, how do you manage your troop funds? Do you buy patches and badges as you earn them or as they come up throughout the year? Or do you buy them ahead of time? Do you have a budget set aside for them or do you just buy them as you need them and kind of like hope the money is there in your account? And I just want to be perfectly clear. There is absolutely zero judgment in these questions. Some people are listening to this who have degrees in finance and they work in finance and they are financial experts. So some people are listening to this like, yes, goodness, who doesn't know the answers to these questions? But like, honestly, most of us are not those people. In fact, if you are one of those people and you are super confident in managing both your personal and troop finances or either or, please email me if you are willing to come on this podcast and share your wisdom and expertise because the truth of it is statistically most of us are not financially planning for our troop now some councils require that you clear out your bank account balance before the end of the year those troops are way more likely to know how much money is in their account right now because they have to spend it right now at this time of year 
Luckily, I am not in a council that requires that. We are allowed to carry over a balance. And I am honestly so grateful for that because with cookies in the spring and that being our primary moneymaker, we would only have like a month or two to get that money spent. And then we would have none for the other 10 months of the year, which is dumb. So I apologize if you are in a council that operates that way. For my troop, we primarily make our annual budget from cookies the year before, and then we do a little bit of fall product or magnet. I kind of wish we did more, but I mean, I can't personally sell it, so it is what it is. And we do troop dues as well, and we do $50 per girl each year for that, and they pay that in full when we start back up in the fall. So for my troop, that's where our income comes from. But actually, hang tight on this. I'm going to come back to like actual income versus expenses in a second. If you are super duper uncomfortable, anxious, and overwhelmed about money and managing money and conversations about money and thinking about money, you are not alone. Girl, so many troop leaders feel like this. Seriously, especially as we do this longer and longer because we're so invested in giving our girls a whole world of experiences that cost money that we just wish we had endless supplies of it so they could do everything that they want and everything that we want. So yeah, to some extent, We all have some anxiety around money, and many troop leaders have lots of anxiety about money. So here are some suggestions for easing into it. If you're like particularly out of your comfort zone when it comes to financial literacy or being literate about your troop's finances, this is a list that I originally included in CookieCast Part 2, where I talked about the five skills girls learn during the cookie program. And it is actually a list of ways to work with your girls about financial literacy and how you can be helping them get more confident and comfortable with managing money. And also how you can make your troop financial planning and strategy like a little more girl led. However, even though this list was really intended for girls originally when I first came up with it, it is also a great list of things adults can do, especially if you have anxiety or just in general aren't like super confident about your own troop finances. So here's some things you can do to practice and get more confident and comfortable talking or thinking about or planning your troop finances. Oh yeah, and a lot of these are cookie-focused because it was originally part of the cookie cast episodes, but since cookies are the primary revenue driver for the troop, I feel like that's still appropriate talking about troop finances in general. So here's the list. Track cookies your troop sells by flavor, by girl, by level if you have a multi-level troop. Track what individual rewards or incentives girls earn as they earn them. Does anybody out there do that? I kind of did that for the first time this year, if I'm being honest. Like, I would really look to see what girls were close to their next tier of rewards. And I would let the girl know. And also, I would shoot the parents or the family an email and just be like, hey, you're seven packages away from X prize. Like, you know, trying to help them out and encourage them. Okay, here's another one. Calculate the percentages or ratios of cookies sold by flavor, which could be individually to each girl, or you could figure that out for the whole troop, or honestly both, and then compare. So like that would end up leading to thing understanding things like Susie sells more Thin Mints than the troop does as a whole, or Sally sells more Samoas than she does Thin Mints, but the troop sells more Thin Mints than they do Samoas. Oh, or Caramel Delights if you're ABC. Compare the total, the individual total that each girl sold this year compared to their individual total sold last year. So you know who your top seller is probably, and maybe that's been your top seller several years in a row, but do you know how her actual total sold this year compares to her actual total sold last year? And what about girls who aren't your top sellers? What about all the girls in between, your top and your lowest seller like most of your troop right compare the total that you sell at a booth on one particular saturday compared to the previous saturday do you sell more on a particular saturday during sales is it near super bowl is it near valentine's day is it the beginning of the sale versus the end of the sale people say all kinds of statistics like that I actually track our numbers and I literally do not see a notable difference 
any given Saturday compared to another throughout the sale. I think our fifth Saturday does just as well as our first Saturday if we're at the same location in the same time spot, truly. So I'm just putting that out there. So people will tell you all kinds of things, but unless they're unless you're actually tracking your troops' actual numbers, you're really not going to know if a particular Saturday is any more beneficial over another. Okay, compare total sold at a booth on the weekend compared to total sold at a booth on a weekday. Once again, people will tell you like weekends are way busier, but if you have a good time slot at a good location on a weekday, I still don't really see a remarkable difference. Like if we get that after work crowd on a Monday night, that's going to be just as good for us, honestly, if we're at, at the same exact location midday on a Saturday. Okay. Compare the total sold at like Walmart compared to the total sold at a local grocery store. Track how many packages customers purchase per order and then get the average. What's the average number of packages customers in your troop are purchasing? That could be at booths, that could be for your specific daughter, that could be in general. Try to try to track that, see if you can figure that out. Calculate the per girl average for your troop. That is the total number of cookies your whole troop sold divided by the number of girls you had selling. That's how you figure out your per girl average. So it's how many cookies, how many packages of cookies are sold per girl on average. And I actually have a per girl average for my whole troop. And I also calculate a per girl average by grade level. So like of the juniors, of the fifth graders versus the fourth graders, of the juniors versus the brownies, etc. So I actually calculate all those different per girl averages because I want to see how it changes for us. Is there a notable difference? And, you know, there's lots of factors that go into that, but I kind of want to have a good grip and a good understanding of where our money's coming from, right? Figure out how much an event is going to cost per person and then calculate the total for all the girls in the troop to participate. Figure out how many cookies the troop has to sell to earn enough money for the cost of that event. Figure out how many girls or how many cookies each girl has to sell on average to earn the money for that cost. Figure out how much money the troop spent in total this year on badges and patches, which we talked about that one a minute ago. And then track how many badges and patches were earned. And then divide the total cost that was spent on badges and patches by the total number of badges and patches earned to estimate how much it costs the troop to earn each badge or patch on average. Now, specifically, I want to examine this a little more closely because obviously you can look up the cost of a specific badge, especially if you're the one making the purchases. So like a Girl Scout official skill builder badge is going to be $3 a piece and a Girl Scout official journey award will be $6 a piece. But then there's also fun patches in there and they might be anywhere from like 40 cents a piece to $1.50 a piece. So if you want to know the average cost of a patch or badge, you would, for example, let's say you earned one of each, a badge at $3, a journey at $6, a fun patch at $0.45, cents, and a fun patch at $1.50. That's in total $10.95 on badges and patches, and you earned four of them, so on average, we spent $2.74 per badge or patch. And we'll talk more about why this number even matters at all, but in general, it would be helpful to keep track of this average year over year. Like, Let's say your per girl average spent on badges and patches was $2.74 this year, $2.72 last year, so, I mean, comparable, but next year it ends up being like $3.25. What does that indicate? It probably means that you did fewer fun patches and maybe you did more official badges, maybe you did more journeys than before or whatever, right? And we want to have an idea of how the badges and patches we choose to earn are going to impact our overall expenses and our overall troop budget. You or your girls might choose to stretch badges out and make them last longer and do deeper dives into the subject matter and then overall earn fewer. Or you might choose to do more fun patches instead of always official badges because they're so much more expensive to do the official ones. 
Or maybe you have girls who decide they are really ambitious and they want to earn every single official badge available at their level. And official badges are pricey, man. So that's going to cost a lot more troop funds then. So it's just good to know if that's what is important to the girls or that's what's important to your group, then you need to know how that's going to impact your financial plan. Okay, let's move on. Similarly, but in reverse. Project how many badges or patches they might earn in the next year, which should be easy if you're following the year planning strategy because we already have that list done so we can literally count them. If we follow the plan, how many badges is that? Multiply how much it would cost the troop to earn that many badges or patches. We just talked about the cost for different types of badges or awards. So you can use that average that we already came up with and multiply it out which is about $2.74 if you have a mix of fun patches and official badges. Or if you have mostly official, then you can use a number more like $4 to just estimate. Or you can literally use the actual prices and calculate a more exact number. But of course, that's still going to be a rough number, even if you use the exact price instead of averages, because you don't actually know how many girls are going to show up and complete all the badge requirements, right? Okay, next. Figure out how much meeting supplies cost in the past year. Like, look at your bank statement and see what you spent throughout the year in total on meeting supplies. Track how many troop meetings there were in the past year. Divide to figure out how much meeting supplies cost per meeting on average. Project how many meetings there will be next year, which again, should be easy if you've been following along with the year planning strategy. Literally just count them. Multiply how much it's going to cost in meeting supplies next year, assuming the troop spends the same average amount on meeting supplies. Then brainstorm ways to save money on meeting supplies. Brainstorm other ways to make money outside of selling cookies and fall product, if you're allowed in your council. My troop has a lot of travel goals for the next couple of years, so this is something we're going to start to put some focus on starting next year in my troop. We've never really done other money earners outside of like cookies, fall product, and dues, but next year we're probably going to have no choice. (laughs) Um, Okay, brainstorm ways to solicit donations. What might you get donated to the troop and who might be willing to donate it? Brainstorm what other costs go into running the troop. Brainstorm what other costs go into a program, a field trip, or an activity besides just the registration fee or entry fee. Brainstorm ways to save money on those costs. Write out a budget or itemized list of costs affiliated with the troop as a whole or for a specific field trip or activity, which we already did a little bit in the last step, the detailed planning step, and we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Write out a wish list of programs or activities or specific supplies or items that would benefit the troop and how much do they cost. Determine priorities on that wish list. What is most necessary and what is the least important? Consider both priority level and cost of items and come up with an understanding of how to decide what to purchase and when. Track actual expenses against a budget and discuss the comparison. Did you spend less or more than expected? Why? What can you plan in the future that you didn't foresee this time? For example, did something happen that made something cost unexpectedly more? And how can you account for this next time you're planning something similar? How does this set you up for remaining expenses for the year? For example, if you have spent significantly more than you anticipated on one thing, does that prevent you from affording something else? Compare what you can of your financials this year to last year. Did you make more or less or about the same compared to last year's fundraising? Did you spend more or less on badges, supplies, snacks, and events? Did you end the year with more or less money saved in your checking account? And discuss what's more important to your troop, doing more and having more each year or saving more each year so that in the future you can do something even bigger. This is a question that can and should be revisited often if you're in a council that allows you to roll over a balance or to save up for a larger goal. Okay, so there's a list of tons of activities you can experiment with to get a little more comfortable and confident about your troop finances. These types of things can actually be fun because the more you practice things like that, the more confident you're going to be in making financial decisions for your troop. And it's like working out a muscle. When you first start and the first several times that you are working it out, it's really hard and it's painful and it's really no fun at all. But eventually it actually becomes fun and even kind of addictive and it makes you feel powerful and strong and confident, right? So same thing, but this is a mental muscle. 
All right, now I do want to get into a little bit more specific of a discussion around what I personally do to plan my budget and my financial strategy as part of my year planning strategy. So at this point, I have a full year scheduled with all our meeting plans, as much as possible planned for all our events and activities, supply lists, and even cost lists for whatever expenses are affiliated with each of those scheduled activities. Now I'm going to compile that information into a budget. I'll call it that because it technically is, but personally, I hate the term budget. To me, it feels very constrictive and stressful and it has negative connotations, but that might just be me. I like to call it a financial strategy. I'm also like this in my personal life too, by the way. So here's the first thing you need to know about budgets if you don't already consider yourself the queen of budgets. Budgets are fake numbers. Now, again, some of you are financial wizards and geniuses, and please know that I am not in any way saying that what I'm about to tell you is the only way to manage your troop finances. I just want to share what I do and what I use and how it helps me, and I would love to have other people on here to share their strategies too, because different things might be better fits for different people. So best case scenario, I end up using this podcast as a platform to present all of you listening with like three different really solid methods for managing your troop finances and then everyone listening can take what they want and just leave the rest like oh yes this makes sense to me or oh yes this would fit our troop culture well and so on so if you do not budget or if you manage your troop finances or any other aspect of your troop for that matter really any differently than i do things it's totally cool yo you do you boo boo okay fake numbers. So what does that mean? The point of a budget is to give us estimates, to give us a plan, to help us be prepared for what is to come for the year. It gives us a baseline for whether or not we need to charge troop dues and or troop event fees and how much more fundraising and money earning we need to do to accomplish all the things the girls have their hearts set on. And for that matter, all the things we leaders have our hearts set on. So this is not a blood contract and no one is going to hold you to these numbers. And if you go over, it's okay. And if you spend less than you predict, that's great. It's just a way to get an idea and a plan. And if you do things the way I do, it also sets you up with a super easy, simple tracker to track your real income and expenses against your budgeted or planned income and expenses. I use a Google sheet, like an Excel spreadsheet, but through Google Docs. And I actually made a cleaned up version just for you. It's in the show notes on this episode right now, so go check it out, and if for any reason you can't find it or it doesn't work, shoot me an email and I'm happy to share it with you or to help you out. Now, it's going to be read-only, so you're going to have to download it to your computer or make a copy of it into your own Google account in order to actually type on it. Um, But I'm also going to explain on here how it's set up and how I use it. So if you're into spreadsheets and you're comfortable with using Excel or Google Sheets, then you can definitely build your own. You can do something like mine or inspired by mine, or you can do something totally different from me. But you are also absolutely welcome to use the exact one I use, the one that I built that is shared in your show notes description right now. So here's how mine works. I have it set up so that it is a long list of line items and they are color coded by month. So on the blank copy, it's like four or five lines or something that are blank and specifically colored to be August expenses because my troop meets from early to mid-August to early to mid-May. You can obviously label the months whatever the heck you want or whatever works for you and you can add rows or remove rows as you need to. I just built out the template for you. So then each line has a series of columns. So you're going to see room for the date, a category that is literally a drop-down menu. So you pick from the drop-down menu what the category is. Is it meeting supplies? Is it event costs? Is it registration fees? Is it membership fees? Is it dues? Is it cookie income? Is it cookie expenses? And so on and so forth. You can create whatever categories you want on yours if you want to make it your own, but I tried to use categories that are either likely to come up on your troop financial paperwork or categories that I think are important to be able to compare year over year because I think that's really helpful. And it's important if you use my template that you actually select from the dropdown and don't just type whatever all willy nilly because I have it set up so that it will actually calculate totals for you by category. So on the far right, you'll see totals for meeting supplies, totals for events, 
totals for cookie income and so on. Because that way, when you go to fill out your end of year financials or whatever, and they ask you for those totals, it is right there calculated for you. No math required, no hunt and peck, because technology will do that for you. Okay, so you're also going to see a column on my sheet um, for each row to have a description or like notes so you can get even more detailed. Like maybe you want to track who specifically paid those dues as a specific example. Then there are two amount columns, your budget column and your actual amount column. So the budget column is what we'd be working on for today's like year plan step. The actual amount is so that you can literally track the actual right side by side. This is going to give you an obvious comparison point and you can compare the running totals of budget as compared to actual spending or actual income on the right hand side. Now, if you're creating your own or you want to do it by hand and write it on paper or whatever, then you can do these two documents separately, a budget and a ledger. And that's fine too. But I went ahead and put it all right into one easy document for you in the show notes. And then there's a running balance. So you'll notice if you're looking at my actual spreadsheet or when you go to pull it up later, underneath those category totals on the far right hand side, I also have a little box that's like gray and italic and it asks what the total amount in your account is at the start of the year. So you edit that box right at the beginning of the year. Now you can go ahead and put your total in your bank account in the box right now, but just make sure you go back and update it at the actual start of the year because otherwise the totaling might not make sense because you'll probably spend something or whatever in your account between now and then. But while you're writing out your plan, you probably want some number in there that's vaguely close to accurate because you'll be able to see the whole sheet in action then. So if you're starting your budget from scratch and you aren't using my sheet, also a good first step. How much is in your account that you are starting with? And if your council has a $0 carryover rule or a specific dollar amount you're allowed to carry over from year to year, then you obviously know what that number is going to be already. Zero. <laughs> also, that stinks. And that seems really difficult and challenging. So again, I am so sorry if this is you. If you charge troop dues and you already have an established number, then that's the first thing I go ahead and track because hopefully you'll start collecting them as soon as you start back up with meetings. Oh, and I'm talking like I'm assuming everyone breaks for the summer, but I do know that some of you meet year round. So you could still align this with the school year if you want, or you could do the actual membership year and plan from like October to September. It's really up to you. There is no wrong way to do it, but I would say I recommend basing it on when your financial reporting is due to your council because it's going to make the most sense if you do it that way. In my council, our financials are usually submitted in like May or June, which is actually really weird because the membership year goes until September 30th, but whatever. I think there's like a super deadline that they'll close your account if they don't have your financial reporting in the fall, but I'm not really sure because I just always do it when we're done meeting for the school year. Okay, anyways, troop dues. So my troop does $50 annually per girl. When we first started, I asked my service turn <laughs> I asked my service team leader what was common in my area because I know some areas have like way less, but I just had no idea and I didn't know what was fair to ask. So my service team leader told me that in my area the average is like $50 to $100 annually per girl. The first year, we did not really start regularly meeting until like November, so I really felt like we're already almost halfway through the school year, so I wanted to do the low end of average, but not too low, because I had no idea what to expect with how much we would need. Now, we have cookie funds that help pay for things, so I haven't increased dues a lot, but also, well, I haven't increased dues at all, but also, we're not like crazy super sellers, and we are super active. So we still charge $50 annually. Some people collect troop dues at every meeting and some people collect them monthly and some people don't charge troop dues at all. In general, if you haven't heard anything about troop dues before, I would advise checking in with your council or at least your service team because, I don't know, it's possible that there are some councils that don't actually allow you to do troop dues at all. So just in case, you better check on that. And 
the other piece of that is you can get an idea of what's normal for your area. Like it seriously just completely varies super wildly depending on your area. So that's a good resource, your service team or your community or whatever you call it to find out what is normal. If you collect annually, you can just make it one line on your budget or maybe you collect at every meeting or maybe you collect monthly. So you can go ahead and schedule in all those lines over the whole year. If you're handwriting this though, you want to leave lots of space for each month. Maybe even make each month its own page just so you definitely have enough room to track anything that you think of. But what if you don't know exactly how many girls you're going to have? Like for my troop, I know who plans to return next year, which is everyone, which hooray, I love that. Well, okay, actually one of my co-leaders is probably not returning, which is a total heartbreaking bummer, but all the girls I think are coming back next year or at least planning to at this point. But we are also hoping to add a whole new level next year and expand two of our existing levels by a couple of girls each. I mean, I guess I have an idea of what size I'd like each level to be, so I'll budget based on that, but that's hard because I don't know how many girls we will really have, and I don't know at what point in the year people are going to join right away for the first meeting or like a month or two into the year. Just remember, it's all fake numbers, so guessing is fine. I like starting with dues when writing my budget, especially if you're in one of those councils that don't allow you to carry over a balance from year to year, because that is the second biggest source of income for my troop. That's where we get money that allows us to get started with meeting supplies and everything like that. I also like buying badges and patches ahead of time over the summer because the sales are so low for the Girl Scout shop that the online store, girlscoutshop.com, usually does like free shipping and all kinds of deals and discounts to try to encourage people to buy stuff during their slow season. So after I've done my whole year plan, I go ahead and order badges for as much as possible. Now, you can't use like gift cards or cookie dough or things like that on the Girl Scout shop webpage. You have to go to your actual council shop for that. So that's one downside. And also some things can't be purchased online, like bronze awards, for example, that has to be done through your council. So, you know, there's limits and some things just aren't available yet. Like the cookie pin for next year, even though I know we're going to earn that and I can go ahead and budget for it, I can't actually buy it until the item is actually available. Okay, anyways, that's kind of an aside. Then I go through my year budget by date, and for each event or meeting, in the order that it happens, I go ahead and essentially schedule the cost for that part of the year. So for meetings, you can either look at your supply list and literally create a budget for each meeting, or you can take an average. I personally budget around $20 per meeting for meeting supplies. My actual spending is not that high. We go a lot of meetings without spending any money, and vice versa some meetings cost way more than twenty dollars it's just what i use as an average and it kind of tells me if i'm overspending or whatever if i go way over twenty dollars for a meeting i cringe inside because i'm like oh no i know i only budgeted twenty dollars for this meeting but it usually balances out and this sheet is really going to help you see the comparison now separately from meeting supplies i go ahead and budget for badges and patches and again like I was talking about earlier, you can use the actual cost here to calculate, or you can use a fake number to budget. I probably would go ahead and use a more actual price here. Like if it's a fun patch, I'll probably order from Snappy Logo. So it's going to be about 50 cents a piece. And if it's a skill building official badge, I go ahead and do $3 a piece. And if it's a journey, I go ahead and do $6 a piece. But once again, though, there's that piece of like, how many girls am I even planning for? So you just have to guess how many you think will earn the badge. And it's okay that this is a guess or an estimate. If you go ahead and schedule in all the badges and patches you are planning to earn throughout the year, then you might just be amazed at how much you spend on badges and patches total for Girl Scouts. Like, my troop spends pretty much what we collect in dues on badges and patches, which is exactly why we charge dues. So it's several hundred dollars, and depending on the number of girls, it can be over a thousand. Like, next year we're planning to expand pretty significantly, or hoping to anyway, like almost twice as many girls. So based on our year planning right now, it looks like we'll be around $1,100 in just badges and patches, which is actually really good because in past years we've spent more like 800 with significantly fewer girls. So yeah, actually our girls specifically requested that we spend less on badges and patches. They were appalled when they learned how much of their precious budget 
ghost badges. They were like, can you just give us like a digital certificate or something? Let's use that money to go on trips instead. So we're trying to do a balance next year, some badges and patches, stretching out the badge work so we dive deeper into it and it takes longer to earn one and like really elevating each badge experience so that we can really like think big about it. And then we are buying fewer badges and we're focusing more on like experiences and the program pillars and the GSLE research and everything and just making sure girls are having the true leadership experience regardless of whether or not they're earning a badge for something. And we're definitely doing less fun patches like they point blank said they don't need to get patches for everything so we're going to listen to that. And we'll see how they feel as we actually implement this, because if they're like, we barely earned any badges or whatever, then we're going to remind them that they're the ones who didn't want to spend all their money on badges and see if they like change their minds and maybe they want to be more badge oriented again in the future. Okay. For events, you also already came up with a list of estimated or projected costs if you've, if you're following my year planning strategy at this point. So here's the thing, I'm conservative with money, but I love spending it. So I like to over predict what I will spend on things. That way I'm prepared to spend more than I will probably actually need to spend. And also that builds in a little buffer if things come up unexpectedly. This will also help you determine whether you are going to charge event fees because if you have like an $1,100 bank balance going into the year and you have an event that's going to cost like $700, then you will not have a lot remaining for the rest of the things you want to do. So for us, if we have a camping weekend or whatever, we charge a $30 to $50 event fee per girl as well and that just literally depends on our expenses. So tent camping costs less, cabin camping costs more because it literally costs the troop more. But it includes all the meals and all the activities and supplies and everything like that. So that's our justification and it has never been a problem for my troop. When we charge things, by the way, dues, event fees, so on, we do give them options. Like there's financial assistance in our council that they can apply for if they need it, or they can work with us to set up payment arrangements. They can request a waiver from us, which all they really need to do is talk to us because honestly, we don't ever want fees to prevent any girl from being able to participate in Girl Scouts. But we are fortunate that has been perfectly fine for us so far. Like we've had people who ask us to wait until a specific date to cash a check or if they could pay us at the next meeting instead of this meeting or can they pay half now and half later, whatever. It just always has worked out pretty well. Oh, another side note, you can't actually enforce any additional costs. And I know that is so hard to wrap your mind around sometimes because in any other environment you can do that, but you literally can't make them pay you dues. You can't make them pay you for an event. You can't say this girl sold 500 boxes, but this girl sold 10. So this girl has to pay a fee, but the first girl doesn't. All funds are troop funds. The balance for that is individual incentives. So those are the rewards they earn. That's what they get for selling their individual amounts. But the amount that goes back to the troop goes back to the whole troop. So you can tell parents that this is the cost for dues or whatever, but if they don't pay, you cannot turn the girl away or force her to quit your troop. And this can really mess with your budget because if you budget for 14 girls paying dues, but only 11 families pay, you are just stuck with that discrepancy. It's okay to follow up and it's okay to explain to them, listen, we have a budget of this and we rely on your dues to pay for these activities. We'll have to cancel events or charge more or higher event fees to cover the difference in our budget. And just talking to them might help, but if they're just stubborn and refuse to pay, it just is what it is. Now, this is not true with cookie balances, of course. They have to sign the financial agreement before they check out any inventory. Your council has that form for you. Make absolutely sure you have that on file before you distribute any cookies. We collect this and a new health form at the start of every year. And the financial agreement is good for all year. But you can also literally make them sign the paper before they touch a box of cookies if that's what you need to do. And you can hold them to that, but if they don't pay you the way you hold them to it is by turning them into council and council follows up on collections. So anyways, that's a little bit of a side note, but it's just something to consider when you're thinking about your troop finances and your budget. So if you know you have parents who are a little more difficult to get to follow through on certain things, maybe budget for only 80% of your troop actually paying dues or something. 
Okay, so also I go through and project what I think we will bring in from cookies. Now this is where understanding your per girl average and your year over year comparisons and stuff is a really big help in predicting income here. Because understanding like, okay, my troop sold 2,500 boxes of cookies last year, doesn't mean they'll sell 2,500 this year. And even if they do, it doesn't mean you're gonna bring in the same dollar amount. It depends how many girls are in your troop. It depends if your council charges you credit card fees per box. Like my council has the troop pay the credit card fees. So this year we were only about a hundred boxes less than the previous year, but we brought in a couple hundred dollars less because we did more credit card sales. So we paid more credit card fees. Plus, there are other circumstances that might influence that number. So using PGA multiplied out times the number of girls you anticipate selling, that's going to give you a more realistic number. So for projecting next year's budget, when thinking about what you are bringing in for cookie income, consider if your council requires your troop to pay those credit card fees. Okay, yeah, there are other things to think of too, like fall product sales and any other money earning projects you do if you do them. We don't have money earning projects planned, but since I'm writing my budget for the year and I can see what the girls want to do, in particular our soon-to-be cadets want to go on a big cadet-specific trip at the end of next year, so in order to afford that, they're going to have to do money earning projects. So I'll write out a rough cost list. We've already kind of done this together a little bit, actually. We've brainstormed what costs will go into the weekend and about what they want to budget per meal and what kind of places they want to stay. They really have their hearts set on at least one night in a hotel. Um, anyways, what kind of activities they want to do and like estimates of what those activities might cost. So we've already done that. So I'll probably dive into those expenses a little bit further to get a more accurate grip on what the overall trip is going to cost. And then I can go ahead and also plug in what amounts we will have to earn when during the year we might be able to do money earning projects and like how much we would need to earn from each money earning project or whatever in order to meet our goal. And then I can go back to the girls and we'll come up with money earning project ideas together and they'll decide what they want to do and we can track what they actually earn against what we budgeted that we needed. And if they earn more, great, we can add on even more to our trip and save it for a future one. And if they earn less, then we'll either have to request it out of pocket from parents and or we will know that we need to do even more money earning projects in order to get up to our goal. Does all that make sense? If you don't know if you need to charge dues or if you want to charge dues or event fees or whatever, then as you write your budget, if it's negative, that's going to tell you, yes, you do need to do at least one or the other. And you can decide what you want to do and how much you want to charge. You can also use this to decide whether you will do it monthly or at the beginning of the year in one lump sum or at every single meeting, do a collection or what, because you're going to be able to see where the money is going and how fast it's gone, basically. All right, so that's writing your budget, really. You'll just want to go through your entire year plan and track every income and every expense that you anticipate. And I would estimate on the low side for income and estimate on the high side for expenses, honestly. But it doesn't really matter because, again, fake numbers. So this will just get you set up and help you make some decisions as you go. So as things change or whatever, and you roll with all the changes and postponements and people not showing up or adding unexpected girls to the troop or cancellations or whatever, I don't know, whatever happens, unexpected expenses or opportunities that come out of left field or whatever, you have a plan to compare it to. The last thing I want to talk about is tracking your actual expenses as you go. So if you use my sheet, it will also total all those categories for the actual. And you can create additional lines as needed. So if you have to add a line that you didn't budget for but you did spend, then you can just add a line. And it's okay that there's a zero in the budget column, just track in the actual column. And throughout the year, as you add your actual income and expenses as they like occur, you will want to compare the running balance to your bank balance for real. Maybe do this like monthly. Does this match? And if not, you need to find why. Is there a deposit that you didn't account for? Or did you or one of your co-leaders use the troop debit card or checkbook, but it's missing from your sheet? So we have a budget and a ledger all in one and the totals by category over on the right hand side. And most of the time, if you need to include a detailed report of your expenses, you can actually turn in this very sheet. And in my council, at least, we have to include totals by category for income and expenses. Guess what? No searching. It's right there on this sheet and it's being totaled as I go. So I don't need to do any math or any guessing and checking. 
And in my council, we also need to put our starting balance and our ending balance in our bank account. But no need to guess that or go back and dig through anything. It's all right there. Sometimes you also need to go pull actual bank statements and turn those in too, but that should be super easy through your bank, hopefully, whatever bank you're using. So yeah, end of your troop financials, done in literally minutes. You just have to keep it up throughout the year. <laughs> and even if you don't do a good job keeping it up throughout the year, if you pull up this exact sheet with all of your budget numbers on it, you're going to be pretty close. So you just need to go in and adjust them to get exact or as close to exact as you can. It's amazing. Seriously. I'm not even mad when those emails and reminders go out that troop financials need to be submitted because I'm like, oh, no problem. And I get it done that same day. Okay, folks, that's all I've got. Like I said, I know this was a long one. Sorry about that. But I just think it's important and just so super freaking helpful. I love spreadsheets, so I'm kind of a geek about that. And I just think anything that takes a few minutes to set up ahead of time, that then will make my life easier throughout the entire year. And especially when I need to be transparent to girls or parents or co-leaders or my council or whatever whoever might ever ask for true financials, it is so easy to use the sheet. And that's why I wanted to share it with you. Let me know what you think of the sheet. Are you going to use it? Are you going to make your own? Is this helpful? Let me know. And again, if you have trouble accessing it for any reason, reach out and I will send it to you. You can email me at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. And there's also a link right on girlscoutpodcast.com. So you can send me an email right from there, or you can find the Facebook page and you can message me on there as well if that's easier. Or if we're friends in real life, duh, just ask. But hopefully putting it in the show notes works for everyone and you can get it straight from there. Do you want me to share more resources like this in the future? So far, I've really only ever shared stuff created by other people, websites for other people's resources and research links, but I can either create things that are more tangible takeaways based on episode topics or things I already actually literally use for my troop like this one. So if this is helpful and you want more things like this, let me know. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already, and I will talk to you soon that's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.